Welcome to the Food Complex, the first episode, actually. Uh, I'm your host, Andrew. And I'm Marco. And what's this podcast about, Marco? Food Complex podcast is about the complexities of food. Uh, all things food, the culture of it, the background, um, where it came from, what ingredients they use, uh, who made it. Just all the stuff that you don't want to look up on your own, we're going to do for you. And why are we doing it? Um, I think for similar reasons. Uh, we both love to eat. That is that is a fact. I do love to eat. I also just have a lot of free time in my hand. No, I don't. I don't have a lot of free time in my hand. I'm just curious about, you know, honestly, I'm using this podcast to really learn more about my culture, but also, you know, presenting to you guys my journey and our journey along the way of like just discovering food and what are we eating in our in our plates every day? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's and it's it's funny because I think that's very important, too, is that we just kind of we've we've grown to just eat whatever you know, and never kind of question uh, what is on our plates or where it came from or how it was made or how it was even con- conceptualized. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, uh, diving into different dishes and learning about uh, those different things will kind of enlighten us and make us enjoy it probably more. So, oh yeah, no, some like I, I mean, I'm sometimes sitting through the process. I mean, I'm not always, you know, sitting there thinking. Where did the Big Mac come from? Although I may dive into an episode of that. That sounds pretty fun. Um, but, you know, just wanted to learn more about, like, how did, like, say, carbonara come to be or a spaghetti come to be? Mm-hmm. And where, where did that history come from? And how are we, not in a sense honoring it, but, like, how are we paying homage to the origins of, of this these types of foods? Yeah. And I think another thing that we, we're going to probably dive into in, in this podcast is different ways the certain dishes that we're describing have evolved i think um i mean i I don't think i know we will be doing that uh different ways different foods have kind of traveled through time oh yeah for sure i mean obviously the lasagna we know nowadays isn't the same lasagna that when it was first invented by i don't know julius caesar Mm mm-hmm (laughs) i don't know did julius caesar (laughs) lasagna that was i i I don't know. That's a good question. We'll find out. We will find out. Um, but I guess how we want to start this pod every episode is uh, getting into like things that we've eaten uh, within you know over the past couple of days or weeks. So I guess I'll start with the first question. Go ahead, Andrew. What have you been getting into this week? Oh. Food or drink wise? Oh yeah, no. I was Andrew's that. a big drinking, uh, not a drinker. Big drinking. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a problem. Not bring, yet. <laughs> big drink maker, and he likes to experiment, and I love it because he just brought me a lychee uh, martini. Le- lychee vesper martini. Mm. It's three parts gin, one part lychee liqueur, and a half ounce of Lalette Blanc. So we're buzzing a little bit on this pod. Which is good because yeah. you'll get us, um, you'll get our vulnerable selves. <laughs> um, to answer your question, what have, I, what have I enjoyed recently? That um, it's a dish that I've actually been kind of enjoying recently. I've had it at a couple of restaurants now. It's Arias. I don't know what origin, like which country it originated from. I can explain it to you. Well, yeah, it's pita. Split it. And you open it and you fill it with ground lamb and beef meat. Oh with wow! Hella seasonings. Okay. And you just cook it like that, so it's like 
their version of a portable sandwich, if you will. Huh. Any it's, condiments? It comes with a garlic sauce. Oh, wow. It's, and it's just so it's just meat, meat and bread. Oh, yes, sir. Damn. It's so good. It's so good. It sounds Greek, if I might. It could be, I mean. Because lamb. I don't know. I'm being it, I'm thinking Greek or. Um, yeah, no, Mediterranean of yeah. origin, of course. Yeah. That's what I'm. Because of the garlic sauce and the lemon that came with it. It was really mm. good. Is um, the pita bread grilled? Or is it like. Some places do it grilled. Mm. And so what I've seen is some places they'll open the pita, fill it in, and then put the meat face down. Okay. And just cook it that way, low and slow. Okay. And it's. Sounds like a gyro. Yeah, almost. Oh, wow. Actually. And it's so good. It's a dish I recently discovered. Um, and again, another reason we have this podcast is because you're just opening your palates and opening your, your ideas of like what mm-hmm. certain foods of certain regions are. Because Areas, I've never, I, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. It's spelled A R A Y E S. Areas. Yeah. And it's so delicious. Wow. It's, Where'd you get it at? Uh, I got it at a restaurant downtown, uh, Amatole. Okay. Um, so good. Dang. And I, I got an Arnold Palmer with it with like mint. mint. Arnold Palmer, like no alcohol, obviously. No alcohol, yeah, no. I didn't have too much alcohol yesterday. <laughs> Areas, though. Sounds yeah. good. It's mm. deli- It's seasoned so well. It's what are you, juicy. What, like, I know that's going to probably be hard for you to describe, but what kind of seasoning do you think did you get in that, that eating process? Uh, Salt. <laughs> Salt, <laughs> pepper, uh... I would say like spi- like was it spicy? I wouldn't say spicy. Like heat wise, it was there was definitely a lot of spices. Okay. Let me. Uh, this is really good for the podcast. I really wasn't ready for to answer. Next question. I'm always questioning, baby. I'm always on top of these these types of things. This brain is like a sponge. It's Lebanese. Oh wow. Is that Mediterranean? We will discover in a future <laughs> episode if Lebanese is considered Mediterranean. Yeah. Areyes, Lebanese stuffed pitas. Yes, it is. And it rained, I mean, obviously over here I'm already seeing it's like Middle Eastern, which mm. I'm assuming that's where Lebanon is. I mean, it sounds delicious. It sounds like a meat pocket. It really is. That's exactly <laughs> what it is, is a meat pocket. Yeah. Like so there's like, it doesn't even give you, it says all spice, but also says seven spice. Okay. I mean, we just, we can, we can imagine that there's a lot of different it's types a lot of, of flavor like yeah, that's a like lot right of in there it's so fucking good wow juicy too like it's not dry i wonder all. if there is it like shaved meat or no, is it it's ground oh i'm, I'm gonna shut that down right now oh. <laughs> it's ground it's so uh i can't it's like a little taco like a pita taco yeah wow yeah. was there cheese on it no no cheese well no i think cheese would be good no don't do that <laughs> don't do that <laughs> A little bit of mozzarella. A mo- little bit of mozzarella. Ma- Marco, if you guys can't see, Marco's doing the Italian a mozzarella. Hands. I'm allowed to. He's. A- Why are you allowed to? Marco? I'm Italian. You're Italian. That's what I do for a living. Well, enough about me. What did you enjoy eating this week? Ooh, thanks for asking. Uh, I actually invited my parents to come over the other night, and I cooked a um, gnocchi by hand. I actually followed... You did, did you make the gnocchi from scratch? Yes, I made the gnocchi from scratch. Why didn't you call me over? I would have come well, over because that. It was, it, because it, it was my first time doing it, and I was very nervous because my dad is very picky, uh-huh. and um, he doesn't really like anything that other people other than my mom make, so I was very nervous. 
Um, Do your but, parents, are your parents going to listen to this? Yeah, probably. Well, I mean, probably not. I like this. I'll, I'll say they are, but probably not. I don't think my parents know what a podcast is. No, they're not going to. No, they won't. They won't listen. My dad will act like he listened, but he won't. Um, but I followed, if on TikTok, I follow Sad Pappy, Sad Poppy, and he makes really pretty dishes that I copy sometimes. He's a pretty looking man, too. He's a pretty. My brother actually made fun of me the other day, and he said, Marco falls for guys that have hand tattoos. And it's very true. I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever a guy with hand tattoos does. Um, anyways, I digress. Uh, I'm in Yoki. And it was funny because I, I made gnocchi with a mushroom cream sauce, and cremini mushrooms like, like gr- grilled on top. Okay, so walk me through the process of making the gnocchi. Oh man, it's like, actually it seems, a lot. It seems like very strenuous and it, very time consuming. It's not actually, which is but it's was, a lot of work. was very surprising. It it was, uh, very simple, but it's a very tedious tedious task. Because you have to make sure you're getting the the textures, like, correct. Um, so you you roast um, potatoes, whole potatoes. Uh, Doesn't matter which kind. Uh, russet is mm-hmm. usually what you do. The big daddies, the big ones. Um, you throw them. You cut them in half. You put them in the oven. You roast them at 450, and you you do that for 45 minutes. You pull them out, let them cool down. And what you need, which I don't have, is a a, a ricer. I think that's what it's called. Oh, the thing you, just, you like, yes. Um, so you, I did a, a stirring motion a stirring, with my hands yes. in, in air. Uh, so you could basically you empty the the potato out of the, like whatever it called the skin. Oh, and just like make it really fine. Make it very fine. So I didn't have that. So some of my gnocchi had like bits of like potato in it, like mm, kind of like just chunks. Yeah, chunks. Um, but I don't think it ended up faltering the taste of it at all. It was funny because the night before I made. I made a test run and it was fucking delicious and like perfect. Would you invest in a ricer? Do you think it's like necessary? Uh, I mean, I've only made gnocchi once in my life and that was the one time. Mm. So probably not. But like I made it the night before and I've literally looked at Sarah and I said, am I a professional chef? Because this is perfect. Am I Gordon Ramsay? <laughs> yeah. And then the next day when I made it for my parents... I cooked it before they came over because I wanted it uh, cooked and then I would have finished it in the sauce. Mm-hmm. But my problem was that I cooked it and put it in a bowl. So you let the you let the pasta sit there. Yeah, and then I put it in the fridge. So oh. then I had like a clumpy it was tight mass huh? of yeah potato pasta. Uh, it tasted good, but it just like looked like crap and um, like just was yeah. It was sad. The the the. Mushroom sauce was delicious, though. Okay, I was going to ask, yeah. what, what, what went in your mushroom sauce? Cremini's, uh, Parmesan, uh, like a Parmesan rind, uh, cream, uh, what did I put there? Sage thyme. I did like I did the thing where you tie a string around the thyme and the sage. I think, yeah. I, I think that's what they call it. It was really cool. I felt, I felt really cool. Neither of us have any kitchen or bar experience. We're yeah. just home chefs and cooks. So uh, and that's the, actually really cool. Yeah. You got to fish it out. I'm assuming. Yes. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got I have like tongs, really long tongs. And I was like, oh, a real chef would have tweezers. No, no, I had tweezers. That's why. Oh, yeah, okay. really long tweezers. Um, but it felt really cool. And then I I blended it, and uh, it came out delicious. The color was kind of odd, but. Was it like a gravy color? Yeah, it was. It was. It was brown, whitish. Um, 
But it tasted great. I bet. And my dad liked it actually. Slowly getting into mushrooms, like it's, it's dude. It, you, they deliver. They yes. have so much flavor in them. Well, the whole di- the whole meal I made. Wait, was, I just realized no meat. No, there was there was multiple courses. I just don't want to oh. talk about the whole thing. Well, now now I want to know. Okay, well is. I made <laughs> I made steak and then I made damn multi course meal and then I made a king oyster mushrooms that I like. Uh, what do you do? What do you call it when you put little knife marks in them? Scored them. Scored, and basted in a mushroom sauce, and then I use I made a mushroom, like, meat sauce that I poured on top of my steak, that didn't come out correct, but so, it tasted good. Oh, like a mushroom pan sauce. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're gonna need me come over to taste test. These. I love I love it, man. I, I go I go on the I go on the TikTok. I go on the Instagram, the TikTok, and I look up all these like recipes, and I it's I love it. I uh, I reverse seared a steak for the first time. In, couple days ago oh. it is actually a really good technique well how do you do it so i i for me i i think i had about half inch to an inch thick uh ribeye steaks i took it out let it sit on the counter get room temp i salt pepper um put the oven at 295 put it in there for about 15 minutes 295 oh wow oh, yeah you you want to cook the steak a little bit but not cook it the outside okay so that way i got about 90 degrees to 100 degrees internal temperature on the steak and then i took it out on a searing hot cast iron pan oh yeah 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 i threw the steak on there that way you can develop that crust Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that like 45 seconds each side that's it that's it and you're done and it's perfectly like crunch on the outside because you get that nice uh exterior the interior you still have that slightly red yeah i like my medium rare yeah, yeah yeah 145 i liked it up the other day 145 degrees really i i well i pulled it off at 130 i'm sure it was still cooking yeah after you pull it off i let it sit there for 10 minutes then i sliced into it served it with chimichurri you made a chimichurri i didn't make a chimichurri i bought a chimichurri okay. at a, a local restaurant wow um and then served that with potatoes and uh i think that was it i forget if we have that was veggies <laughs> i don't usually eat veggies so yeah me neither except these mushrooms it was mushrooms, good. Mushrooms aren't veggies. Yeah, yeah. It's a fungus. It's a fungus. And they're very good. It's very good for you. And if you can master it, like using mushrooms in different like styles, uh, it's just, I don't know. It's just, very, they're a very versatile ingredient that I've learned. No, they really are. They're a really good meal, uh, meat replacement. Yes. But you know what's also really good? What's really good? Today's topic. Ooh, what is it? I don't know. You tell me. What is oh, today's topic? It's lasagna. Lasagna. <laughs> Drum roll. Lasagna. Lasagna. And like... Have you ever heard of it? I have never heard of it. What is lasagna? Like, you know... Like a, why'd you choose lasagna as today's topic? Um, so like you said in the beginning, um, you know, this podcast is a, uh, a way for us to kind of reflect on our own cultures. And I remember when you asked me to, you know, start this podcast, uh, I remember you led with that. And I, I was thinking about my culture as an Italian. Uh, you know, what food do people as Italians eat. And I remember growing up, people always asked me, Oh, like whenever I would tell them I was Italian, they'd say, Oh, do you like lasagna? Does your mom make lasagna? And I used to get really annoyed about it. But now I'm starting to realize that lasagna is actually like a pretty incredible dish, especially like now doing the research about it. You learn Mm -hmm. like, wow, this dish is like, there's a lot that goes into it Mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of work that, that it takes to, to make it as good as it is. 
Um, so it made me appreciate it more, appreciate my mom more, especially. Well, that's great. Yeah. That's really sweet that you said that. <laughs> um, no, it really is. Like, yeah. Because, you know, when I, when I grew up, lasagna was always something special because I grew up in, I'm an Asian American, so we didn't really have lasagna a lot. Yeah. So whenever we had lasagna, it was either, forgive me guys, but it was either Stouffer's or like Olive Garden. Sorry, so like Mom. it was always a, an Don't occasion listen. to do that. And it was always like, a, I assumed it was a lot of work just because there's a, a lot of stuff yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I remember it would, we would mainly have it like for holidays. My mom would make it. Um, because again, it was a lot of work. It would take like the day before for her to put everything together. She's a whole day's prep. Yeah. I mean, cause, cause I mean, she never made the pasta fresh. Um, but you know, getting the ragu, ragu sauce, the bechamel sauce, uh, the ricotta, everything like kind of prepped and ready and then putting it into a, the oven that day of, you know, making sure everything's Jesus. cooked through. It, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of work. She always made her sauce fresh. fresh. She made everything from scratch. Yeah. Well, not the, not, be- not, not nah, pasta. the bechamel, the ragu. Yeah. She made those for, from hand. Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I wanted to get into that today. All right. Well, let's get into it. Um, I wanted to start with uh, the research that led me to to realize that lasagna actually isn't inherently Italian. Like, it's funny. Like, you get you learn all these like dishes, um, lasagna, uh, dumplings, uh, you know, fried rice, and you think like they're strictly that country or origins yeah. dish. Um, but you quickly learn when you like look into it even a little bit that the background actually is uh, like a continuous am- amalgamation of different types of dishes just put oh, into yeah. one. Oh, yeah. Which and is super interesting. That kind of shocked me a little bit because, you know, again, we all grew up, and I'm generalizing here, but I mean, lasagna immediately Italian. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. I'm thinking Italian <laughs> job. I'm thinking Marky Mark. Yes, of course. Marky Mark first first thing that comes to mind. When exactly. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, and that's, yeah. And I'm not saying that it's not. Like, Italians obviously have mastered uh, lasagna, but its influence was, like, you know, goes back, you know, hundreds of years, right? Uh, so far back that I'm going to actually start with the 14th century. Um, in England... There was a dish called the lozen, spelled L-O-S-E-Y-N, um, and it was usually prepared by the the chief cook. And this is during King Richard the Second. Um, a chief cook. Yeah, chief cook, chief man. I, I really want to know like what what it took to be a chief cook <laughs> in London at that time, the 1400s. Well, so I don't know if it was medieval times. Oh, it is. <laughs> to go back, we 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 go off topic a lot in this. Um, the the lozen was a dish of dry pasta, which was usually eggless, stacked together, um, cooked in broth, and layered with cheese. In the 14th century, um, there was so like that was the first inception of this lasagna esque dish, if you want to go back that far, huh. um, but at, that was in the 14th century, and then in the 15th century. We get to like uh, different types of uh, the word lasagna, which I want to go into next, like the etymologies of it. Jump into it. Um, so it started with 
uh, the Greek word lag, 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 lagon, laganon, laganon. I think it's laganon. That sounds Greek. Laganon. Sounds, <laughs> sounds like a Greek god. Yeah. Well, that's what that's the god that's, of lasagna. That's why I'm pronouncing it like that. Laganon is uh, just flat sheet pasta that's like cut into strips, right? So that's like a. a, a Wait. Hold up. You said it was of English. It started off in England, and now it's jumping. Well, I'm the, saying the, the word came from a Greek word. Well, the 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 first inception of this like stacking of pasta sheets can be traced back to this. Oh, so the method of, of doing 14th this. century. Oh, okay, and that is called a lazen, right? And then mm. there's words in the Greek language, laganon, or even lasagna, which is like a stand for a pot. I learned L A S A N A, and it's like a, a a thing that you put like a chamber those big those big ass pots back in the day. You put them on this like stand to heat up and boil whatever you're cooking. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, and then in the Romans language, you get lazinum, which is also a cooking pot. It's kind of crazy how like language kind of evolves. Oh in that yeah, sense because like it almost sounds it's so close to the word lasagna. Now yeah. it's transformed all these. Yes. Years well, later. the different languages all have similar, you know, pronunciations of this mm-hmm. one word or method of like cooking, which mm-hmm. is interesting. So we have this lazen in English culture of stacked pasta with cheese, and then you get the introduction of, you know, the Greeks making uh, this this stacked pasta, um, but not really calling it lasagna. And then Italians kind of uh, taking over the word, right? And and changing it into what we know as lasagna today. Do you think the, it is kind of like a migration pattern that may have happened? I think... Um, no, I'm not assuming you know the answer. This is just a, a question no, to suppose out there. I don't think it's my... The, I don't think that, that would be it. I think it's like a, a, a sharing of... Not sharing... That's a very loose word. I think it's like different colonization things and 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 sharing, even sharing like like kings and queens sharing stuff. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's a good uh, a lead into uh, bechamel sauce because as we know today, um, lasagna is made with bechamel, which is a white French sauce, like a uh, a white cheese sauce, mm-hmm. um, thought to be originated in in France. It's the white man's queso. The white man's queso. It's delicious, obviously. Um, it's just cream and, uh, like, you know, whisked up, heated up until it becomes this frothy, delicious, like, oozy cheese um, that you kind of douse your your built lasagna on, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking about this idea of of sharing dishes, sharing culture, we actually can take the, the idea of bechamel from the French... Uh, because in my research, I found that this lady named Catherine de Medici, she's a Italian. Are you talking about the Medici family? All the of Medici here? family, yes, in Florence, I believe. Uh-huh. I might be wrong. Uh, in somewhere in Italy, there was this family <laughs> called the Medici family. That you know, you of, know the, the famous Medici the family. Famous, somewhere in there, they owned everything, obviously. So the Medici family uh, in the seventeen fifteen hundreds, they kind of gave their their daughter. Uh, Catherine de Medici to the um, to the future King Henry II of France, mm-hmm. um, and with her 
on this as her dowry. You know what a dowry is? Where they like yeah, they paid for the daughter. Yes, to get married. Uh, they brought she brought with her like a bunch of Italian cooks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and with them there was a cook that uh, kind of specialized in this white sauce called salsa colia, C O L L A, um, which was prepared with flour, milk, and butter. Um, and so in the 1500s, 1533 specifically, this guy made this sauce for someone in France mm-hmm. and they kind of, this French cook kind of, you know, took that idea and made it his own, you know, and let's call him Chef Bechamel because he ended up coining it. I like that. I, he, want, I want that name. <laughs> he ended up coining this dish as uh, the the Bechamel sauce, right? So that was in the 1500s. Chef Bechamel is the, the, the cousin of Chef Waridi. Yes, they, they grew up together actually. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that, that, that's, I don't know. That was a, a little bit that, of that's interesting. You know, the, the passing of recipes and like adding on to like what's currently known. Yes. At the time, and then just like going, oh, look what I made. And yes. Then people going, this is fantastic. Yes. Let's keep this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then like changing the name. Oh yeah. Making it your own. Of course. I you mean, know, you want copyright, to for something. Copywriting everything. Can you copyright a recipe? I mean, they, they. I mean, the bechamel sauce probably France yeah, did. Chef bechamel. Yeah, he didn't want Chef Boyardee on that. Yeah, um, I'm sort of building my lasagna for you, actually. Um, so you have pasta, uh, you have bechamel sauce, and then we think of meat sauce. Meat sauce ragu, yes. right? Um, ragu is interesting. Qu- quick question. Yes. Is there a difference between ragu and bolognese? I think it's just where it is. <laughs> where it originated? So if yes. it originated from my kitchen, it's not Bolognese. I don't think so. So it's a ragu sauce I yes. made? Yes. Okay. Bologna. It has oh. to be from Bologna to be Bolognese sauce. Okay. Um, hit up, hit us up on threads if you know the answer. Yeah, seriously. Um, so yeah, unfortunately I don't know the difference between Bolognese sauce and ragu, but I assume that it's Bologna of Italy okay. is the center of, like, you have to make it in Bologna. You know? Okay. Um, so all these restaurants out here are just lined. Yes, exactly. Bolognese. Bo- yes. Um, so ragu sauce, which is usually included in lasagna, is a meat sauce, um, usually cooked in tomatoes, mm-hmm. uh, tomato sauce, um, where you like develop, you know, that meat flavor, that richness, that rich deliciousness that we all have grown to love. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but the, the the thing I learned, speaking of your bolognese uh, question, was that there's different places in Italy that kind of master their own ragu. Mm-hmm. Um, so usually lasagna, Na- Napoli's lasagna, Naples lasagna is made with sausage and small meatballs. Um, that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, small meatballs, hard-boiled eggs, which is kind of... Odd. Okay, that doesn't sound good anymore. Yeah, you, <laughs> you lost me. Ricotta, mozzarella, and ragu sauce. And this ragu sauce for for Neapolitan ragu is whole meat, red wine, lard or olive oil to kind of bind it together, and basil. See, I, th- I think I'm more for the Neapolitan style. Or why the, the hard boiled egg, man? Like, you, so what? What? What is it? Is it? Would you? Is it like pasta with the sauce? And somehow there's a hard-boiled egg in the middle of the sauce and bechamel. I don't think that the yes, I guess I guess that would be like chopped up hard-boiled egg. 
Couldn't do it. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds weird to me, but what is interesting to me is the whole meat. Because in comparison to the bolognese oh, it's ragu, it's uh, minced meat or finely chopped meat. That's what we're, I think we're all used to. Yeah, with white wine, uh, butter. and White then, wine? I'd sub that out for red wine. It's. I think it adds like sweetness. It's funny because I was um, cooking uh, red sauce the other day, and I called my mom to ask her what she does to make hers as delicious as she does. And she puts baking soda because it, it cuts the acidity, but also adds mm. a little bit of sweetness in it. It's that might be a family secret that I just left. I also think the family secret's love. Yes. <laughs> it with love. So that's what I think white wine does. You know, mm. it kind of adds a little bit of sweetness to the, to the sauce. Oh, gotcha. Um, okay, that makes sense. And they also use milk and cream instead of all tomato. Both? Milk and cream? Milk or cream. Oh, okay. I have a slash on my notes. It's a slash, okay. not an and. Um, and that's because uh, in Bologna, there's not as much tomatoes all year. Mm-hmm. Um, so they probably have to like siphon some. Oh, so they extend the like, extended the life the life expen- expectancy of of it's tomatoes. Really interesting how like they alter just based on region alone. Yeah, yeah. Which is yes, which is another so interesting. Lasa- thing. So lasagna just varies based on where you're having it. Yes, Italy, you know, Greece, uh, England. England. <laughs> which uh, I'm shocked to like hear like England. Yeah, and like the original quote unquote. Well, the, I think I think will. the the idea of like stacking uh, pasta sheets kind of is lent like lent to from lent. So from the England. idea of stacking pasta came from England, England, yes. And then the Romans were like, you know, we can do a little better. Yes, as we always do. Yeah. <laughs> Are you Roman? I don't know. Hmm. Some sort of Italian. <laughs> yes. I'm Sicilian, so no, I'm not Roman. Um, is that south or north? Uh, south. Hmm. Sicily South. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sicily South. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yes. So we have pasta. We got bechamel. We got the ragu sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you stack it all together and you make lasagna, right? Um, but this, like, culmination of ingredients wasn't a, a thing until the 1600s late 1600s wow uh because obviously they were like doing experimentations with it actually mm-hmm. um and what was really interesting to me which i didn't know uh tomatoes weren't originated in italy they are from south america oh yeah so they came from south america so san marzano didn't originally come from well Italy. I mean, those were yes, cultivated from South from America. South America brought over, and so. now they're they're like prestigious tomato. Well, I I consider them prestigious tomatoes because everyone considers them prestigious. I guess yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Well, because they, they and you know you can't you can't label them anything San Marzano unless they're literally from there. Yeah, because you're a liar if you <laughs> other, do otherwise. Yes. So so in the fifteen hundreds, fifteen twenty one. Hernan Cortez went to the city of Tenochtitlan and found tomatoes and brought them back. Why are you laughing? Did he bring back slaves too? Uh, I mean, that was probably a little addition. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so he brought tomatoes into uh, back from South America to Spain, right? So then it's funny because you you look at different dish recipes uh in italy at the time mm-hmm. and a lot of them say a la spagnola because when they use the tomatoes they're saying 
this dish a la española from Spain. So like they're using Spanish ingredients within their Italian dish. That's it's bananas to me for you know Cortez to go over there slaughter a bunch of people and go yes. you know what these plants they look good they're pretty precious we should bring them back yeah they're like yeah and it's interesting to think about like do they did they like get the seeds or like they brought them back as like whole plants you know like did they I don't know like was there like someone that like potted them there's probably like a, a quote unquote food scientist <laughs> or a scientist over there going like you know we should preserve these and bring these over because these are like what do you think happened like they took a bite of it and they're like this is this pretty good. good. Yeah, this no, pretty literally, good. yeah, and they're, yeah, and they're like that slave's good as well. We'll take them with us. Oh, of course. Yeah, <laughs> Let's burn the city down. Yes, fuck and, them. Get the gold. Yes, and get out of here. So, uh, you know, after the 1500s and the 1600s, that's when you know the ragu started forming mm-hmm. uh, with the tomato sauce. Before it was just meat. Now it's actually tomatoes included, uh, red sauce, and yeah, that's the that's lasagna for you. So, was the whole idea of lasagna baked the whole time? Like, the whole time it was, like, England was like, we'll, we'll no, bake so, this. No, so that's a good question. In England, they boiled it, and then they threw oh, it. disgusting. Of course they did. Yes, they boiled it. And then I, th- I think that evolved once they got to Italy, and they started putting the bechamel sauce on top, throwing it in the oven, and then, like, baking it and, like, toasting the top of it. Oof. You know, I'm assuming wood fired because you know. Yes, back in the day, like obviously, like a, like a yeah. toaster oven or. or uh, oven. I was gonna make a, a reference to an oven, but I can't think of any oven cool oven names right now. Oh, KitchenAid. KitchenAid. Cuisinart. Yeah, they didn't have those back in the day. Breville. Unfortunately, imagine what they could have done with those now. <sighs> Way more than I can do. I yes. put my Dino Nuggets in there. Yes. Um, That's crazy. That like lasagna, years in the making, like thousands of years in the making. It's something like. Yeah. No, it's it. Like that, and that's like the interesting thing about all this food, all these dishes that we're gonna come across within this podcast is like we're gonna realize like, oh wow, Italians didn't just make lasagna up. It was like, like multiple yeah. countries around them that like kind influences of influences and yeah. everything. Yeah. Are you a fan of lasagna? Uh, I'm a fan of my mom's lasagna. I, I you don't order it out. I don't order it out, and I have a the issue that I have with lasagna out in the world is that it's not your mom's it's not my mom's but also like structural integrity is very important to oh me. i completely agree with you and lasagna has to be a thick daddy right it has to be stacked as this as the english did from the beginning stacked layer by layer and i want to see the meat oozing the cheese oozing but i want it to keep that square cube structure it's hard to do, and I, it's hard to do. My mom does it perfectly. Does but when she? You, but when you do, you think it's because she lets it cool? She lets it cool. I think like the the amount she cooks it for, she lets it cool. The um, the the layer, the specific layers, like the amount she includes in each mm-hmm. layer, right? Um, really holds it together instead of stuff like oozing out or like the the pasta yeah. sliding off. That is a real art because if you think about what lasagna is. It's a bunch of slippery, yeah. slippery ingredients yeah. sliding back and forth. Yeah, it's um, like a, it's like a food uh, slip and slide in there. Honestly, I don't know where, where I could even get lasagna. I could tell you right now, Olive Garden may have some. Oh my god! Shout out Olive Garden yeah. sponsor of this week because <laughs> Andrew's lighting them up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's. I think the breadsticks are delicious. That's, <laughs> their soup and salad's a good deal. 
Uh, personally, I don't eat lasagna, nor do I order it out either. Yeah. It's yeah. not a, a, a favorite of mine because if I'm going to go into an Italian restaurant, the, in my personal opinion, there's like a bunch of other dishes I'd rather have instead. Chicken parm yes. already one of, wins over lasagna. Yeah. Like I mean, it's more creative in my, like, chicken parm is more creative. Plus, it's fried chicken. Come on. Yeah. You can't go wrong. No. And lasagna is like, like, you can, you know, you might be able to make it for yourself. You know, at home, if you really wanted to spend a few hours. I'm not, no, I don't, I'm Stouffer's. Even then, I don't even want to. I should have made you a Stouffer's for today. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough of that as, as a child. Uh, Do you have any other questions about lasagna? Lasagna is a vast topic, and I only, like, got into the, the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, so, have you had the Napoleon... Uh, or the yeah the, the Naples version. No, my the, mom my mom makes more closely related to the bolognese style because mm-hmm. you know the minced meat. Um, I mean, it's the traditional way we've all yeah. Comes in. And I think it's it's easier than than the Neapolitan with the the hard boiled egg and and all of that goodness and the the thick uh, whole meat. You know. Yeah, that sounds sounds good. Well, that if you can highlight quickly, do a quick recap, serve them up on some facts and lasagna, drop them for us. Um, lasagna is delicious. Uh, <laughs> there's two that we know nowadays, right? There's the what we and Andrew were talking about just now, Naples lasagna, the lasagna de Carnaval, or the the Bologna um, lasagna, which is the lasagna al forno. Um, uh, it could be traced back. The idea of stacking pasta can be traced back to the 1400s uh, in England with King Richard II. Um, different countries around the Mediterranean area have different words that resemble lasagna or closely relate to them or the method of cooking it. Mm-hmm. So we can you know, derive that this meal comes from somewhere in that area. Um and yeah, I don't know. Structural integrity it has to be square and cubed, like, and not sliding all over the place for it to be delicious. That's fair. Well, <laughs> thanks, Marco, for for this quick history lesson. Uh, if you guys like this, hit that uh, subscribe button and give us a follow. We are gonna do some topics or hit us up on Threads. Hit us up on Instagram at Food Complex Pod. Uh, shout out to Marco, Marco's mom and family here yes. for making that pasta. Yes. Making Thanks lasagna for keeping possible. me alive for 20, how old am I? 30 years. <laughs> well, until next time, guys, keep your plates full and keep your minds full of curiosity. Stay hungry, y'all. Yum. 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 <laughs>